0: to this week's sermon from C3Church, Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. I guess we've probably been watching a little bit of the TV lately or social media or something, maybe a little bit more than usual, (laughs) praise God. So I just want you to know that I love a good movie but I do like to know that it's a happy ending. I don't really want to sit down for an hour or two hours and then watch some movie and be completely miserable at the end of the movie. I don't need movies to do that for me. I have real life. I have the I have the news to do that. <laughs> I don't. I, if I want to be entertained, I just I want to feel better. I'm not even saying it has to be sort of like Pollyanna-ish, happy dappy kind of ending. At least you know may, may, maybe just noble, some sort of nobility. Even if it even if not everything works out perfectly, like you know *To Kill a Mockingbird*, one of my favourite movies with Gregory Peck. You know, it's, he didn't get the guy off in the court case, but. He was a great man, you know, he was a noble man and, and you know, there were good things done. So, and I, I was thinking about, like, the ultimate movie. Now, I know I'm going back away but I don't find a lot of modern movies very wholesome. I don't feel comfortable watching them. They, they may exist. Please let me know if you know of a wholesome movie but... Um, yeah, I often have to go back to the past to watch movies that I feel comfortable watching. But The Sound of Music, what a great movie, because it's got it all. You know, you've got you've got the, the, the beautiful scenery in Austria. You've got the, the beautiful singing. You've got a bit of romance. You've got, you know, romance ending in marriage. Hello, that's nice. And then you've got, you know, the intrigue and the adventure. And then they have to give up their whole life but they uh, they can escape over the mountains and <laughs> it's really quite you know it's it's a, that's what i call a good movie it's got a great ending you know mm-hmm. climb every mountain and i won't sing uh, <clears throat> a little bit scratchy in the voice anyway but yes climb every mountain what a great ending and i want to know that i've got a good ending coming and i must admit i'm my daughter and bethany and i we are the same on this we if if she'll say if, if either of us watches a movie, it's like, is, has it got a good ending? And if we don't know it's got a good ending, I'll just Google it. I'm not mucking around. I'll just I'll – just, I'll destroy the movie. I'll, I'll read the plot. I would rather destroy the movie than be de- depressed at the end of it. So I just – I want to know. I want to know. So I have done that. I've gone – I, 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 if I start to get suspicious, if I think I'm going down a cliff, it's going down a cliff, I'm going to find out, I'll – no, not going there. I, I don't want to. We'll warn each other. We'll warn each other. So the Bible talks about knowing – Ephesians 1, Ephesians 1, 18. I pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. God wants us to know. He wants our eyes to be opened. He wants us to see. He wants us to Google the ending, to know that this has got a great ending. We have great Hope as Christians. and But we need to know that because we can forget about the hope of his calling. 1 Peter 1, 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. We've been born again into hope. We have, a, we have so much to hope for in our lives as Christians. And we need to remember that, especially in times like this, because hope is lovely. Hope is, and I've read some different definitions. I'll, I'll throw some of them out of you. This lovely, I love this old-fashioned one. It makes the heart of a believer cheerful, brisk, and lively. That was written in the 1700s, and they had a lot of issues then. Hope is a buoyancy. Because we are convinced that with Jesus we have a wonderful future. We are convinced that we have a wonderful future. Is it going to be an easy future? Maybe not. Is it going to be exactly the way we planned? Obviously not. Nobody made plans for 2020 and 2021 like this. But in Jesus it's wonderful. Now, let me ask you this question that Paul asks. Well, actually, it was the Psalmist Davis. Psalm 43, 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I will yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. I love that last part, the help. It's actually the salvation. It's the word Yeshua, salvation. It's the salvation or the the health of my face. (laughs) Who needs a facelift when you've got hope in God? God is the health of my face. In other words, my face is happy. My face looks good because I am happy. Because I am, I do sense his presence. But that question, why are you downcast? Why, Why are you... Why are you depressed? It's a good question to ask ourselves, isn't it? You probably have a few answers. <laughs> really. Sometimes it's like I feel really dis- discouraged or depressed or down or flat and I don't feel hopeful and it's good to say, and why is that? Why do I feel like that? And you know what? It's good to answer it. I answer the question sometimes. What's wrong? What is wrong with me? And I go, right, right. I feel depressed about this, and I I write it down. I feel depressed about this, 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 and this. And then I go, okay, what am I going to do about that? And I take it to God. I take those issues to God because that's what the psalmist says. Hope in God. I will praise him. Now, we can hope in a lot of – we can try to find answers in other ways when we feel discouraged and down and we feel hopeless. But we need to be careful because, you know, in the world – that hope comes to nothing. The Bible's very clear about this. Listen to this, Proverbs eleven seven. When the wicked man dies, his hope perishes. The expectation of the godless comes to nothing. Or what about 1 Thessalonians 4, 3? We don't want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. Wow, when there's no God, death is very frightening and even life can be very frightening without God. It says there's no hope there. Life is so uncertain and especially in these days. So many people are feeling like, how can I hope for anything? I don't don't even know if I'm going to be able to get a haircut, you know, (laughs) let alone plan a trip or a holiday or anything. We've all got this lovely long hair so yeah what it's it's understandable I guess without God that we can lose hope because life seems random and meaningless and in fact it is meaningless the Bible tells us that clearly in Ecclesiastics Solomon was like vanity of vanities it's all vanity it's it's all empty it's all futile without God that's what he said he even went through and listed all the things he's tried. I've tried this, I've tried that. I've tried to be rich, I've been poor, I've, I've worked hard, I've done everything. And there's no hope outside of God. That's what he concluded. And that was trying good things. What about when we have difficult times and difficult issues? As Christians, though, we have God. And our hope is in him. Some, versions, some scriptures even say our hope, you are my hope. Romans 15, 13. I love this. Now, may the God of hope. I love that. It's his name, the God of hope. Fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to be full of hope. Hope for our end. Yes, hope we're going to heaven. Like, That's going to be good. We're very excited about heaven. That's why we preached a whole series on heaven recently. But I believe it's not just about heaven. It's hope now. It's hope even in the midst of a pandemic. It's hope that God is good. Our hope is based on the fact that God is good. He does so many good things for us, big things and little things. And I read I read just the other day this lovely story from somebody, a, a, an old friend of mine, who um, had been watching TV, <laughs> and um, and I'll read it to you. It's such a lovely story because it shows us the goodness of God. After watching the Queen's Gambit, anyone else watch the Queen's Gambit? That's pretty good, the chess chess show on Netflix. My husband regained interest in playing chess, as did everybody, because you can't buy chessboards and he searched for the book he had as a young man in Melbourne. All he remembered was the black and white chessboard cover on the front of the book, but he quickly discovered it was out of print. He searched second-hand booksellers online and found a copy in Noosa and purchased it. When it arrived a few days ago, he was as happy as a child, as it looked and felt just like his old book. Then, to his utter astonishment, inside the book was his old coronation pamphlet from the Queen's Coronation which he must have, he'd used as a bookmark he'd left it as a bookmark in 1978 yes this was his original book <laughs> this is such an example of a loving father not only did he give him the book he gave him his own book back when he wanted it If it matters to you, it matters to him. God didn't just provide the book. He went to the extraordinary extra step of returning the actual book he has as a child. Why would God do that? Because he's good. Because he loves us. And sometimes he loves to do those sweet little details that all good fathers do for their sons and their children, their daughters. Jeremiah 29.11 I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good, not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. Praise the Lord. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So we know that God is good and he has plans for us and they're good plans. And he wants us to have an exciting future. He wants good things to to go well for us. Hebrews six twenty. I've got a lot of scriptures because the Bible is really full of hope. It really is. I just and I was reading them. I went, oh, that's so good. that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one. And I and I thought, look, I'm just going to share a lot of them because as we read these scriptures, I want us to lift up our hope. I want us to know God is good. He has a great future plan for me. He has hope for me in the little things, whether it's a, a, a book that he's returning to me or whether it's in my marriage or my life. There's so much hope. There's so much hope for me and for my life because I'm with God. Hebrews 6.20, we who have fled to God for refuge have a mighty indwelling strength and strong encouragement to grasp and hold fast the hope appointed and set before us. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. So we need to grab this hope in these uncertain times because hope is like an anchor. We know there's hope. We know that hope can cause us to have a a more cheerful and lively attitude towards life. But we need to grab a hold of it. You know, it's like an anchor is useless if you don't put it in the ocean, the boat will just go crazy during the storms and, the, and it won't stay still. So we have to grab a hold of this anchor. And I like the image that the, 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 the hope is like a cord. In fact, in the Old Testament, the word for hope is cord. It's like, a, it's like this cord. But I see it not as like a, an anchor going, a cord going down into the ocean, but a cord that goes up into heaven. And, it, and we need to grab a hold of it. Because it's an anchor to our soul so that if we without that hope, we're like, what is going on? I don't know what's going to happen with the world, with life. But with this hope, we can grab a hold of it and we can allow our soul to be settled. We could be settled. And so when we ask that question, why am I downcast? What is wrong with me? We can go to God and we can grab a hold of hope. We can grab a hold of, of the word which will answer every issue that we have, every issue, and we can go, oh, it's going to be okay. God will look after me. That's hope. It's hope. It's like I'm holding on God and he's like, good, keep a hold because it is going to get better. It's going to be fine. God is going to look after us. Worst ca- I always say this, I always think this, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, I die. And then I go to heaven and it's awesome <laughs> and, and my eternity begins and my, I have my mansion. And it'll be great. So, I mean, if that's the worst that can happen, that's, that's going to be okay for me. I won't die until it's God's time for me to die and he, even in that I can be full of hope because he, he ordains the days of my life so I don't have to worry that it's going to be too early or, or too late. <laughs> I can trust him. I can hope even in the timing of my death. So let's grab a hold of this hope, our anchor up to heaven so that our soul can be at rest and at peace. I love this story that um, Kenneth Hagin told years and years ago about... It was an accident, actually, and um, they they had some kind of weather balloon that was enormous and they had a lot of uh, soldiers that were attaching the balloon to moorings on the ground and it was going to be used later on. And then somehow the mooring came loose and the balloon started to fly up in the sky and all the soldiers that were holding on had to quickly drop because they, were going, they it, was, you know, it was very big and they were going up with it. So a lot of them dropped and some of them you know, actually injured themselves because they didn't let go in time. One man just didn't quite make it. He, he obviously hesitated and he just went up with the balloon. And all the other soldiers were watching him and just thinking, oh no, he's going to die. They were terrified because he was just, they could see him just going higher and higher and going off with the wind with this balloon. And he was up there for hours before the balloon finally came back down to the earth and rested again. And they went to, you know, they were obviously following him and watching the situation. And when they came down, he was okay. And they couldn't figure it out like how did you hold on for so long and he said well I didn't hold on I wrapped myself around the cord that I had and I sat there said I wasn't holding on the cord was holding me I just enjoyed the view (laughs) and I love that image because sometimes I guess we feel like I'm tired of holding on God I can't I can't hold anymore but you know God wraps us around hope. I believe that he, if we'll just reach out and grab a hold of the hope that he has for us, he's the God of hope and we've, we run to him for refuge, he wraps us up and holds us in hope so that we don't fall and we can relax and enjoy the view. So praise the Lord. Psalm 71 verse 5, you are my hope. O oh Lord God, my strong refuge to which I may continually resort. So, hope gives us joy. Let's make sure that we have that sense of joy before, me, before us. Psalm 16 verse 9, I have set the Lord before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad, my soul rejoices, and my flesh will rest in hope. This is a great scripture. I love this scripture. Even my flesh will rest in hope. So, you know, that, it's very interesting because you're, when you're uh, anxious and stressful, your body is tense and it's actually unhealthy, you know, to be tense and to, to be anxious. It can cause all sorts of physical problems. But the psalmist says, even my body can relax when I'm trusting God I can relax, my flesh can rest, I don't have that stress, I'm able to sleep at night, I'm able to trust God and know that that God is good. Being hopeless is unhealthy and scary. But the psalmist says here that with with hope, when we run to God, we we can rest in hope. I want to encourage you if you think it's too late to hope. Maybe you feel like, well... I've already made a mess of my life. It's already terrible. But it's never too late to hope. It's never too late to start again. And I do love this um, image, so I'm going to show it to you. I I may have showed it before, but there was a painting by Elias Garcia Martinez. (laughs) I can hear my husband's laughing. Now, there is the painting, and as you can see, it was in need of restoration. So this is in uh, Spain. So the local uh, in the Spanish city of Borja, I don't know how to say it, Borja. Um, anyway, an elderly woman who was one of the cleaners or, I don't know, she worked in the church there, decided that she would help with the restoration. So she, she did. She painted, she, she restored the painting to, let us see, to this. <laughs> Uh, I love this now you can see that from an artistic perspective look at that painting it's so funny this is a disaster right she has completely destroyed the painting I'm sure all artists uh, were horrified that she had done such a terrible thing so yes from one perspective, from an artistic perspective, a total disaster. A mess, actually. It would have been better if she had left it well alone. However, God's amazing. I don't know about in this instance, but God can turn things around. And what happened was this became a global internet phenomenon. And it is now a major tourist attraction. So they are making Tens of thousands of euros for local charity. At the time that I, I did this research, but it's probably more now, they'd already had 40,000 visitors. None, none in the last two years, obviously. But um, So her name was Cecilia Gimenez. So she created a pop icon and... What was a failure for the local artists and for the art community became an absolute success for the tourist industry in the town of Bordia. And they're, they're cheering about this strange pop icon that she created. So perhaps you have made a mess in some ways. Perhaps what you've done wasn't great in some parts of your life. But listen to this beautiful scripture, Proverbs 23:18. Surely there is an end or a future or a reward for you and your hope will not be cut off your hope is not going to be cut off we're not going to cut the cord god's not going to say no sorry no more hope for you you've you've made such a mess of it i'm afraid we're going to have to leave you alone now no more hope for you it, it's it's hopeless you just just cruise on until you die. Maybe you'll scrape into heaven. He says we were born again into a living hope. Our hope is alive. What does that mean? I thought about that a lot, a living hope. I'm like what does that mean? I thought one of the things about living things I remember from my science, they can move. So I love this. He just moves the goalposts. He's so gracious. Sometimes we were we were aiming for this and we missed it badly. And so sometimes, you know what, God just moves the goalposts and changes the goal. He does create a new hope for us. Maybe the art wasn't great, but now the tourism is good. Maybe you missed it in this area or this area or that area of your life. You know what, God will somehow turn it around and you'll find, whoa, there's a new job I wasn't expecting. There's a new relationship that came. And even though it seems like I wouldn't have had this relationship if I hadn't botched up the other one God is good and he he it's a living hope he's so gracious to give us another chance if you will a new hope a living hope so there's always hope we're not we never we're not cut off by hope by our mistakes and perhaps you might say what about suffering what about just now how how do we hope when life seems so difficult let me again encourage you that the Bible says actually sufferings produce hope. Really. When life is hard, our hope grows. Romans 5.4 Rejoice in sufferings, knowing that sufferings produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So suffering causes us to run to God and he is the God of hope. So when we run to God and persevere in prayer and our character gets stronger, actually we get more hope because we go, oh, that's right. God is good. God is good. So, I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. All these scriptures, everywhere you look, There's no excuse not to have hope, whether it's just I feel discouraged or whether I've made a mess or whether, you know, I'm I'm suffering or life is difficult. There's always hope. And we need to have that hope as a witness to people around us. Let me just talk about right now. We need to have hope in the midst of this pandemic, okay, because God is good. Let's not be full of fear and anxiety and worry. Let's be full of hope. God has it in hand. He's going to work things out. I know it's sad for many people, the situation they find themselves in. But remember, suffering produces hope. So I just pray for every, every one of us and every individual that in this time of suffering, they turn to God. Johnny Erickson Tada, who um, had a terrible accident and became a quadriplegic, she says this. God allows what he hates to accomplish what he loves. His ways are very mysterious. Why would he allow a global pandemic? I don't know. I'm not God. But I hope in God and I know he's good. And I know that the pandemic will end. Let me encourage you. This will come to an end. Yes, it will. We don't hear this enough, do we? How do I know it? say Ruth are you an epidemiologist do you know about these things no I don't actually but I did a little research on pandemics and uh yeah do your research you know what all pandemics come to an end let me just throw out a few to you the bubonic plague 1350 a third of the world died that was a bad one came to an end the great plague of London 1665 came to an end. The cholera pandemic of 1817 came to an end. These are just a few, by the way. I just picked the main ones. There's a lot more. Pandemics were quite... I, I was surprised how many pandemics there've been, meaning right around the world. But there were ones that wiped out whole regions, you know, like the, the when, when people started travelling, you know, they'd wipe out whole regions, the Americas, for example, and the, the Aztecs were wiped out by the, the new diseases. So these are just... Some of them. The cholera pandemic, 1817. The Russian flu in 1818. The Spanish flu, which we know about, of course, 1918. 50 million deaths. Whoa. The Asian flu, 1957, one to four million deaths. HIV AIDS, 1981, 35 million deaths and still no vaccine. And COVID 2019, so far 4.5 million deaths, which... I mean you know it's terrible but it's still not as bad as what has been experienced and again I don't understand why but I do know this I know this every single death is in God's hands he knows each individual and he loves them we're all going to die and God has our life and our death in his hands and he is good so when someone's life comes to an end He is there. He's ready to meet them. If they want him, he's ready to take them to heaven. So it sounds like a lot of deaths, but death happens. The good thing is that as Christians, our hope is not cut off just because there's so many millions of deaths. Our hope is in God. And we look forward to meeting some of those millions of people in heaven who are now having a great time. So we know we have this great hope within us, the hope of glory. My final scripture... Colossians 1:2 To the saints willed to the saints God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is Christ in you the hope of glory the hope of glory we can rejoice in our God in the midst of a pandemic in the midst of our messes in the midst of our difficulties because we have this hope a hope that is not cut off, a hope that brings us joy, a hope that causes us to hold tight to God and grow. And our life is getting, my life is getting better. My life is getting better. Our lives are getting better. We are full of hope and we have the hope of glory. That is going to be amazing. And I don't think that's just talking about glory in heaven. I think that's talking about glory as we live with Jesus here on earth. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I just pray for anyone listening today or all through the week who is struggling with hopelessness, Lord God, or fear or anxiety. And I pray, Father, that you would refresh their hope that we would come to you and know that you are the God of hope. We have every reason to hope and we do hope in you. Father, touch every heart, every heart listening, Lord God. Fill them with hope. You are good. You are so good. Thank you, God. Amen.